Welcome to The Winner's Edit, a Survivor Storyline and Editing Podcast. I am your host, Joe. And I'm Daniel. And we are covering the premiere of Survivor Ghost Island, which is two episodes. It was a two-hour premiere. And so there are two boots that we have to contend with, Gonzalez and Jacob. Uh, do we want to start with just general thoughts on how we're feeling about the season? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um... I didn't hate the premiere. Um, I thought there were quite a few interesting characters that I actually kind of like. And I'm generally not a huge fan of premieres in general. And this was not that bad. The only thing I would say is I think it majorly limited our contenders to a pretty narrow group of people. Um, because it was very imbalanced. A lot of people were invisible. Yeah, I think as a viewer, that's the sort of thing that bothers me when there's a lot of people who are ignored. I feel like you put 20 people on this season, you should at least give them a chance, especially when you have two hours, so... Yeah, like, but, I, like, I think the most important questions I'm asking are, like, did Jacob need as much content as he got? Yeah, but I think the circumstances of this make it very interesting, where it is a tribe going to tribal twice, and then the pre- preview tells us that those tribes will be shaken up in some way. So, it's an interesting thing to start with. Absolutely, and I think one thing that we learned big time was how Ghost Island is going to affect these episodes. The ghost, whoever goes to Ghost Island, is going to eat up a decent amount of screen time every week, um, and I feel like that's going to massively kind of affect the way we have to view the show because some people are just going to get more content out of necessity because they have to show Ghost Island. It inherently hogs up some screen time. Every Definitely, week. and with all those flashbacks, all the flashbacks. Uh, like Andrea got more content in this episode than a number of people. Yeah, she tweeted that. Her edit was going as she expected, so uh, look for Andrea on our winner contenders. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. A good good uh, complex premiere for Andrea, but uh, <laughs> um, I do think that's one thing to look that I think is going to be important when we're analyzing just how the, like, what the winner is going to end up looking like, um, because I think it's going to be easy to have like very sympathetic looks at Ghost Island. Yeah, when they're all alone, they've been sent there for whatever reason by the opposing tribe, so they're sort of, well, at least this episode we saw that both people were on the outs, I guess, so that definitely seems to be the theme. And I think another thing that's very interesting is, especially in the second episode, uh, Naviti was almost entirely ignored. Um, I think that is partly because of Ghost Island, but just inherently taking up just as much time as like a challenge, like it is a segment a locked-in segment every week that we're going to be getting. And there were 13 urns, so that means we're going to be getting every week. Um, And then with the tribe swap happening at episode two, that means the fact that they did not go to tribal. None of these relationships are going to matter. So that's, I think, why we did not get a good picture of them at all. Yeah, I think the, the, the few relationships that we did see, which we'll obviously get to, are the ones that have any chance of mattering. Like, there's no other way to put it, I guess. Um... So, if you didn't listen to our preseason episode, uh, and I think we may have already done it already, but we will be spoiling previous seasons of Survivor, so if this is your first season of Survivor, you should probably stop listening if you haven't already. Um, go back and watch all those great seasons. Yeah, the thing is, it's just impossible to do a podcast like this without acknowledging previous winners. Uh, the winner's edit is inherently built on a rich history and also this season's gonna spoil you on all kinds of seasons so maybe pick a different season for your first one like you've already learned about the strategic mastermind that was sierra don thomas so yeah and i'm i'm not 100 percent sure but i'm pretty sure they name dropped sierra as the winner of that season in this episode oh yeah okay so i think we'll do it like we did the preseason episode where we'll just go down the cast 
Um, we're still exploring formats, so we might switch this to maybe a chronological look at the episodes, but with there being two episodes, I think this definitely proves to be an easier uh, piece to swallow, I think. You know, absolutely. Like, it's kind of a bummer this week that alphabetically on the Navidi tribe, uh, things aren't too uh, exciting. Uh, but I do think <laughs> it's probably the best way to look at it because looking at it chronologically, I feel like you can just suffer problems of just you kind of rock watching the show uh, when you kind of want the whole story of each of these people. Yes, definitely. Um, I actually think it's fortunate that if we delve right into the Navidi tribe, we have Angela right away, but we also have Bradley and Chelsea right after her. I... I think we can just cover all three of these together. Yeah, I agree. No problem with that. Um, they got little to no content. They got no content. Bradley got uh, the most of the three of them with, I believe, one sentence in the first episode. Angela said she was sitting out of the challenge. Yeah, Angela, all we learned about Angela in two hours was that she can't swim very well. Yes. And Chelsea, I watched a video linked on Reddit this morning that was all the Chelsea moments, which is a lot of reaction shots, and she did get some challenge focus. So so basically what we're saying is it's extremely unlikely that any of these three people are a winner. Definitely. And I think there's one more person who did get a little more, but we'll let them be until they come up. It'll probably be a nice refresher. Um, but yeah, I think their biggest boon for them is that, like we said, the Navidi tribe is going to be dissolved. So maybe the show is just being super weird and not putting any focus on them at all. Yeah, like, inherently you want your winner to be visible in the first episode because the first episode is by far the most viewed. Um, yeah. So, like, they want it. So, like, if someone tunes in on episode one but doesn't tune in, for a couple weeks, uh, their winner is still fresh in the person's mind. They want it to be like, oh, that guy who ate the scorpion, or uh, the cop who's playing like a criminal. They want like a sort of message behind this person. I feel like Angela Bradley and Chelsea all suffer from the same problem, where a viewer would not remember them if they did not read the cast list, honestly. Yes. In the discussions we've been in with other people on the internet, a lot of people have been confused about these three. I know I personally, when I was watching would see this man I didn't recognize on the Navidi tribe, and I'd be like, oh, that's Bradley. And so these people just didn't appeal to viewers, I don't think. Yeah, no, Brad was sitting there in the water talking to, um, I think it was Bundle at one point, and literally yeah. I was like, who is that person? Because he looks <laughs> different in his cast photo, too. Like, yeah. he has glasses in his cast photo, and he was not wear he's not wearing his glasses on the season. Yes, definitely. So, we've probably spent too much time on these three already. We probably did. We, 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 if it's way too much, we can edit them out. It's all good. <laughs> edit them out much like the editors chose to. Yeah. Uh, so, we'll move on to someone who is much more interesting. Uh, Chris. Our leader. Our leader of the Navidi tribe. Uh, if you listen to our preseason episode, we were very hard on Chris. In very different ways, but we essentially said, we can't see this guy winning. And I think I formally have to apologize to Chris. This was possibly the best he possibly could have looked in my mind. I don't think I ever could have anticipated him not just coming off like a complete character, cartoon character. Yes, there was little to no attempt to make him look bad. I would say the biggest thing is Desiree's one confessional is about Chris picking her for the puzzle, and that seems to be a wrong choice. And even then... She doesn't, it, it doesn't seem to be a condemnation of Chris. It seems very, like, it was very, like, lighthearted. Yes, she she doesn't even call out Chris or anything later on. 
Yeah, it's, it's uh, a self-deprecating uh, kind of thing. It's like, you think I'm good at puzzles? I just have blonde hair, and uh, I'm artsy. That doesn't mean I can do puzzles. It wasn't like, Chris, you're stupid for picking me. It was like, yeah. it was kind of like a goofy introduction to the character of Desiree more than a slam dunk on Chris. Definitely. And Dominic did speak out against him, but the biggest grapple, I think, of the Navidi tribe, as we've seen so far, is... Chris versus Dominic, like, is there a good person in that relationship? Is Are we supposed to be rooting for one of them? Absolutely. Like, Dominic eats up screen time in comparison to Chris. Like, he's m- clearly much more complex, much more of a production favorite, probably more of a leading character. But out of the Navidi tribe, Chris and Dominic are our main characters. Um, and I think the interesting thing about Chris is he was shown as correctly identifying and seeing through Dominic. Yeah, um... Yeah, I felt that Chris was definitely shown as the right person. And I'm, a lot of people are high on Dominic for a winner, but I I feel like Chris's attitude towards Dominic makes it seem like... Yeah, I think the world is sleeping on Chris as a winner pick. This is a guy who, his, basically his opening content was about, he's different than he appears. He is more than like the kind of character that he looks like. He... Like, he's not just a model, he's a guy from the Florida Keys, and he gets along with Seabass, and they have so much in common, and they're good buddies. It's all about, like, friendship and building this new companionship. I feel like that's super important, that this guy isn't getting ripped to shreds for being a model. Even when Dominic is kind of butting heads with him, he's coming to him with an alliance. I feel like if you're Chris, you're, you're feeling pretty good right now. Yes. I think we said at the beginning that whatever few relationships were developed on the VD are going to be important. And I think that bond with Sebastian is really interesting because Sebastian isn't important in any way. He didn't find any idols or anything, but he's definitely someone who's attached to Chris. He wants Dominic out, so... Yeah, what well, we know from that partnership is Chris is, like, the leader. He even gets to refer to himself as the leader later on. Um, and Sebastian is interested in working with him. We There's no, like... He thinks I want to work with him, but I don't. I have my own game. Like, Sebastian is in his corner. He's backing him up. He's adding credibility to Chris. Yes. I think that's all I have to say on him for now. If he continues to be not negative, I think Chris is a really good winner pick moving on. I agree. I think his first episode was solid. The only thing is, and I think it's extremely good that he got to say in a confessional that he knew Dominic had the idol, he saw through him, and he was suspicious of him. I feel like that's very good for his chances. Definitely. So next up is Desiree. As we mentioned, I feel like this is a char- this is a character, not really a winner. Yeah, her only content was that confessional, talking about how she may look good at puzzles, but she's not. Um, it's interesting that she's one of the very first confessionals, but other than that, I don't have too much to say. Yeah, it, like, I think the interesting part about Dizzy's edit in these two episodes were, I feel like the casual audience would remember her because that was a fun confessional, the one about her being artsy. It's yes. it's, it's definitely an interesting, in, like, a good introduction to a character who will probably get bigger and bigger. This is the kind of UTR, under-the-radar sort of premiere that a character would, like, a big someone who will grow to be a big character would have. Um, and in addition, we saw that her and Wendell are good friends. Um, we saw them just, like, camp life, kind of having, like, a cute little moment um i feel yeah. like that'll probably be important somewhere down the line um we at least see that she's social she's working things mm-hmm. i remember that she was sort of really screaming in the second challenge too so that's something i always remember even though it would rarely means much of anything but she was visible during that second challenge because she was the one shooting 
So that's Desiree. Next, we move on to Dominic. What an interesting figure. Um, this is somebody who's getting a lot of traction online as a possible winner pick. Uh, a lot of fans, clearly a production favorite. Jeff Probst loves this guy. Um, he and he's he's fun to watch. He's good TV. Um, he had a he had a wonderful first episode. We get to learn all kinds of things about him. Yes. Um, his family. He's a construction worker. He used to drink. Um, he has construction experience. He lost weight. He lost weight. We we know like a good amount. You almost know everything you knew. Like, if you didn't do any preseason re- reading, you basically learn everything you could have learned in the preseason about him. You Definitely. learn he's paranoid. Like all these. Oh. Like you you see all different sides of this guy. And we were saying preseason. The Tony comparisons are there. The Joe comparisons are there, and they're not stopping. Um. I think a lot of people who are seeing him as a winner see him as another Tony. And if he is in that archetype, I think he really does fit. Um, definitely a mix of good and bad, positive and negative, and very visible. But if he's not a part of that archetype, I have problems with him. Yeah, and I think something that's very interesting is even Tony, who is such a big character and possibly the biggest character to ever win, Tony's opening in his first episode, was significantly more subdued than Dominic was in this episode. So, for example, yeah. Domin- or Tony's first confessional is, I've been a police officer up in Jersey City for 13 years. I'm always jumping over cars, climbing over fences, jumping from roof to roof, chasing people. So this game to me should be easy, knock on wood. And then he only gets two other confessionals in addition to that. You learn in Tony's first episode that he's a police officer, um, and that he's lying about being a construction worker, and he can't decide whether to t- tell Sarah or not. He does have a huge opener, but he doesn't have nearly as much content as Dominic does in this episode. Yeah, that is very true. And I would say Kagion is sort of similar to this, where the same tribe went to tribal twice. Uh, It is three tribes, so you do have the beauty tribe to sort of focus on. But yeah, all we see from the brawn in that team is a lot of interpersonal relationships. But even still, Tony is not the main character in that, I would say. And, uh... I think some, like, personally, I don't think this guy is our winner. I think he looks like a decoy to me. I feel like he's the kind of character that people fall for all the time every year. And the big thing is, like, he's so in your face. He's already been kind of discredited by Chris. He's, like, like I feel like he is a huge character who's going to matter a lot to this season in the story that is going to unfold, but I don't think that means he's a winner. Yeah, I definitely had my eye on him back in Kagion. I was a Tony denier, I guess. I don't think I ever picked him as the winner so seeing someone like that yeah. i definitely want to tony ch- I- tony changed everything now you have to pay attention to people like that because they could win yeah i definitely want to keep an eye on it but i would rather pay attention to stranger things i guess mm-hmm. like i think the thing is is like this guy could totally go on to win but i think a very important factor is that he was shown in kind of in danger until wendell came and protected him i feel like that is a huge part of this episode that we're seeing kind of a almost negative in danger version of Dominic. And then that changes after Wendell decides to intervene. Interesting. I hadn't thought of it that way, but yes, that is very interesting. When we get to Wendell, I think we'll talk more about that, but yeah. Okay. Moving on to Kellen. Who had such a bizarre premiere, honestly. Like, yeah, she gets the first <laughs> confessional, um, which is basically just saying that like decision making is hard and one quick decision can ruin your game. Uh, which isn't the greatest opening. Uh, and then we get a wonderful confessional where she talks about her passions in life and how she's not afraid to just chase after her dreams. It's such a bizarre look on this 
new character. We're first shown that she's wary of making big making big moves, but then in her real life that she isn't afraid to make big moves. It's yeah, that is very strange. I mean, this the first confessional sort of implies that she could make a either a smart move or a really bad decision. Yeah, but exactly. I'm, I think there's an element of doomsday, like, scariness to her edit. It reminds me a lot of, in Heroes, Healers, Hustlers, Devin's first confessional talks about how him and Ryan are going to ha- cause chaos together. And it's just like, I-, I feel like when there's, like, these negative words associated with a big character like this, or even a better example would be Ali in the first episode of Heroes, Healers, Hustlers, who was a frequent Edric favorite, and her first confessional says that, the future of the Hustlers could be bright, but she doubts it. Or, but I'm not confident. I feel like huh. the, but I'm not confident, the, I'm scared of making big moves. One bad decision could ruin you. Survivor editors have so much content to work with that the fact that they include these negative little statements means something. And it's like, they could have cut off Kellen there. They could have cut off Allie there. The fact that they didn't, I feel like, says a lot about their winner chances. Um, and I feel like that, that's just an important thing to note. I don't think this is as negative as Ali was. In no, no. And I think Kellen is somewhat like Dominic, where with that opening confessional, with that really good personal content confessional, a lot of people are looking at her. And I guess it's unfortunate that we're both ending up on the other side, where we're very hesitant about Kellen. I actually, okay, so like, despite what I just said, Kellen okay. <laughs> is my number two winner contender. Uh, we'll get wow. to that later. But uh, <laughs> mostly because this episode was weird. She gets those two confessionals, and then she's basically not shown at camp. I feel like if I didn't know beforehand, I wouldn't be able to place which camp she was on, like which, which tribe she was on. Just that she was a big character who's going to matter down the line. That says a lot. Like this, We have no idea who, she, who she's friends with. We have no idea like any tribe dynamics on this tribe tribe at all like everything is just chaotic we don't we don't know who's with who and the fact that the editors wanted us to know so much about kellen when she is not relevant at all they can't even like fake put her in a conversation yeah that says so much no conversations with her tribe she only speaks in confessional and that is so wild yeah i will say i will echo that this is such a weird premiere that my winner contenders are also going to be strange so yeah i totally get having kellen way up there despite what we're pointing out. Yeah, she did me, have some challenge. Oh, go ahead. Oh yeah, sorry. For me, um, this episode, this premiere is very weird. Where I, I really think one person has a ridiculous amount of win equity for me coming out of this episode, and it then is a pretty decent like no one else has anywhere near the amount that this one person has, and we'll get to them later. I agree, and I, I think we agree on that. Yeah, I think um, so as well. Kellen did have a bit of challenge focus in that first immunity challenge. Oh, yeah, she was I, screaming. I don't think it was the best. Like, she obviously won it for her tribe, but I think Jeff said Kellen's bossing her tribe around, which, that's not a good look, but... I agree, at least that wasn't voiceover from Jeff, that was actual diegetic sound coming from Jeff, and I feel like that would be hard to not show anyway, and it's a good, if she is your winner, it's a good, like, Natalie Anderson-style, like, show her in the episode. Like, doing more than just confessing, like, confessionalizing, I feel like it's fine for her. Sure. Next up is Morgan, who really, I think, people, again, might be sleeping on. She got enough in the first episode. Jeff makes special mention of her on the beach, like, having a big smile and being, like, like a like kind of like a big cutesy personality, and then she actually gets a pretty decent episode too, where she gets the legacy advantage. She gets positive second person visibility from Jacob being a reliable. Um, what is it? Jacob refers to her as reliable 
game focused oh. and energy full of spunk full of spunk yeah, yeah we'll like, make the merge we'll make the merge like all these kind of very positive like a glowing endorsement of morgan from a character who is gonna end up getting the boot but who the audience is getting a lot of like kind of like trustworthy vibes from i feel like that's good for her hmm. i think my biggest issue is that we've had two seasons where someone's got that legacy advantage first episode one of them was jessica lewis in Millennials vs. Gen X. One was Sierra Don Thomas in Game Changers. Neither of them go on to win the game, but you have to introduce this legacy advantage. And I, I'm really hesitant about the content for Morgan that we saw. Yeah, she did have that, uh, her reaction at the first challenge was of note, but otherwise, I'm not sure about Morgan yet. Yeah, I think a fantastic example is Jessica. Jessica Lewis from Millennials vs. Gen X, who got five confessionals in the first episode. Uh, but two of the, the, her first two were just about finding the legacy advantage. Uh, the third one was reading off the legacy advantage. Um, and yeah, all of her content in that episode was focused around the legacy advantage. And then David find like running around looking for an idol. Um, and I feel like the fact that she didn't really get to introduce herself in any sort of meaningful way was a bad sign for Jessica. I also think it's a bad sign for Morgan. We did at least get to see that she's like kind of like we got to see her personality and like her demeanor enough that I feel like you can't eliminate her. Um, cause she, she could win. This is the kind of sneaky edit that I'm always on the wa- watch out for because it's like, this is a person who could sneak in there with a wonderful next episode and really like a good coming out party. And she has enough in the first, first episode that people will remember. Her. I agree with that. Um, we definitely fell into the work trap last episode or last season. Absolutely. Um, and I think part of that was that even though work had a confessional, we still didn't really know who she was from this. We definitely know who morgan is she got that content at the first challenge um jacob name dropped her and then of course she had to deal with her advantage so yeah i can't eliminate her she's not top five contenders for me but she is not a not contender she is in the top 10 absolutely yeah so now we'll move on to sebastian yeah (laughs) it's wonderful that they fall after each other in uh alphabetical (laughs) order because she is a dolphin trainer and he is apparently a sea bass yes I think, aside, that's, like, really disrespectful. To me, that's maybe why I'm not big on Dominic, is, like, Sebastian wasn't into it, and then Dominic insisted on it, and that's just, like, ugh. But... Yeah, like, the whole <laughs> Seabass thing was, was super awkward, I thought, for Dominic. Um, and, and then the abs thing. Yeah, like, like what that... are those shapes on your stomach? That's one reason I'm honestly surprised <laughs> that Dominic is getting so much, um, like, online buzz, because... I feel like the editors were showing us that he's not very social. Like, to me, that was, like, embarrassing. Like, he was, he was really, like, yeah. not reading the room very well. And I thought that was kind of clear, especially when Sebastian immediately is then shown on the show saying he wants Dominic out. Um, like, it's not, it's not like we weren't clear on whether Sebastian liked it or not because he said he wanted Dominic out. Yes, absolutely. Um, as for Sebastian himself and his story, I don't have too much. I wouldn't eliminate him per se but no this is the kind of guy who if he wins he's never being shown as particularly dominant or particularly sneaky or anything he's fabio he's like he's just gonna be a big character who gets to the end and people don't hate him so they vote for him and i feel like this episode does not discredit that possibility like we could easily just have wake up 14 weeks from now and you're like oh who could it be uh sebastian i guess I feel like this guy's making it really far. Um, he was introduced. We know he's from Florida. We know he's a fisherman. We know he loves Chris. 
we know he's kind of childish when he's talking about like him and Chris are buddies and they're gonna pick each other's gummy worms. Like, yeah, he had to plug his addiction to gummies. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is another one who like we know their demeanor, we know their kind of character. I feel like that's important yeah. for a winner. Like, you want to leave the episode being like, oh, Seabass, he has a nickname, he has all these like. Like, if somebody only watches this first episode, they can go back and, like, kind of understand who he is um, just as a person. I feel like that's super important. I agree with that. And as we mentioned with Chris, uh, the Chris-Sebastian relationship is one of the few we got from Navidi. So it's something to look at in the future. And he was at least in both episodes in some way way more in the first one. Um, and I think a very interesting part about Sebastian is comparing him to Fabio's episode one, where Fabio just talks about the monkeys, like kind of like hanging around the spider monkeys all over the place. Um, and then he talks about being young. And then he talks about his nickname, uh, that everyone's calling him Fabio when his name is Judd. Um, he's like the name Fabio, man. I didn't even realize I was being called that at first. Fabio like rides a white horse and does butter commercials and is kind of a cheese ball. <laughs> Whatever, dude. I don't care what they call me. I'm going to win the million dollars. So I guess my nickname is Fabio. That was his first episode. Like just talking about monkeys and then talking about his nickname. Sebastian is like a goofy surfer dude who also has a weird nickname that's introduced in the first episode. Mm -hmm. We Yeah. And we might actually know more about Sebastian in episode one than we did about Fabio. Yeah, that's very likely. The only thing is that Fabio had that winner quote right there. Like I'm still going to oh, win yeah, the million. Sebastian doesn't have anything like that, but I wouldn't discredit him yet. Yeah. Really. Other than that, like, I feel like this guy's, this guy's going to be a person who's going to get a lot of content. I think he, he has like this bubbly kind of personality. I feel like his story is going to be tied to Chris. I feel like they could actually be a really fun duo. Like, they, they both seem to be kind of goofy and, like, capable of actual strategic thoughts, so they won't be complete, yeah. complete waste on the strategy department either. Yeah, I agree. So next up is the person who I'm assuming is also your winner pick, uh, Wendell. Uh, like, his name is Wendell, but, like, this guy just had possibly one of the best premieres I've ever seen. It was just a yeah. glowing endorsement of Wendell. We know who he is. We know what he does for a living. We know things about his past. We know what he wants in the future. It's just, like, this was an incredible premiere. Yeah, I agree. Um, the, maybe the biggest demerit against him right now is that he didn't get any content episode two, but Navidi's dissolving. We've reiterated that enough. So his first hour was just really good. And honestly, if they knew this was going to be a two-hour thing and they gave him any good content in the second episode, I feel like this is the kind of thing where they're going to get a lot and start getting a lot of negative buzz similar to like Michelle Miss or Michelle Fitzgerald. Like I, I feel like or like Sarah Lucina even like like I feel like it would be almost too much to give him anything remotely good in the second episode. Like I feel like his only like a small amount of doubt really is. The fact that he wasn't in it, but even in the second episode, which this is something I called out in Game Changers a bunch, in the sort of like when they're deciding who to send to Ghost Island in episode two, Wendell gets to like kind of be like, Jacob is talking shit, let's send him. So he gets to call, like, which then Jacob show, is shown like sad and like kind of miserable. It's like Wendell gets to kind of like shoot a dagger at Jacob. That, like, that's enough on the, an episode to not be completely invisible. That's, that's interesting. I didn't realize. Wendell was sort of the one guiding that, so they didn't choose Jacob. But yeah, that's something to consider. Mm -hmm. I think there's all like I think the thing is with Wendell, it's like you see him, uh, and you get introduced to him talking with uh, Desi Desiree about how him and his dad used to build furniture together, 
and like he's built this beautiful shelter like like there's a lot of focus on that like Sebastian right before talks about how it looks like a spider web because it's so intricate Wendell's shown to be a provider getting like 40 or 50 crabs as the show mentions like and then immediately gets to talk about how he's more than just a provider. He went to UPenn Law School, which is a top 10 law school, in case you didn't know. Like, And he gets to the game. He's a super fan. It's like, this guy has personal content. This guy has strategic content. This guy has everything. Provider content. Like, he already, like, from this episode, you already get the whole outwit, outlast, outplay. Or outwit, outplay, outlast mantra from this one character in the first hour of an episode of a tv show yep i agree definitely my number one winner pick it feels the most outright in a group of weird edits so i think if he does win i might be a little bored because we saw it straight from the shoot so oh yeah no like i feel like they the <laughs> editors if this guy is our winner like it's almost too perfect like this is the kind of thing where it might be really good for us, to be honest, launching a podcast. Like, I feel like if we launched this in Korong, when everyone's like, wait, what's Edgic? Like, how do you know that Michelle's winning? Like, I feel like this could be the second coming where it's just like, this guy is the winner's edit. Mm-hmm. So that does it for Navidi. I guess I will say maybe if they wanted to hide Wendell more, they could have done a few more of sort of the Wendell, what they did with Wendell in episode one, where they took some personal stuff, tied it to a game thing. Mm-hmm. So if he does win, and if we're mad that he's too obvious, that's my backseat editing all the way in episode one. So Yeah, and honestly, I think, the, I think what they're doing is they're trying to make Dominic kind of like the Tony and then make people kind of think that Wendell is like the Trish, but Trish didn't get content like this. So I feel like the more I feel like we get positive Dominic content, with Wendell connected, I feel like it's actually the better for Wendell, but I feel like that's the show trying to cause doubt and present Dominic as the alpha winner in that relationship. Yeah, I've heard the Tony Trish, Dominic Wendell comparison, and that just, it's really hard for me to wrap my head around, because Trish is such a character, I love her, very different from what we've seen of Wendell, so. So different, like, I'll find there. Wendell reminds me a lot of kind of like, like, honestly, like he gets that confessional where he gets to talk about how his, like, how people don't see as much as he really can provide. Like, they're like, haha, surprise, like, I'm better than you think I am. But then he also gets to show that he's really good. So it's like, it's, I guess my hope is that the editors have, are maybe, maybe Wendell is their, like, planned edgic trap and they're gonna get, keep giving him kind of like, winner content and then he'll be our like surprise boot or whatever i feel like that's our best case scenario that this guy is our 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 trick yeah i i wouldn't be angry it's a little sadomasochistic but yeah yeah let's have one go out like merge and again so like this is the end of navidi tribe and i think it's just the relationships that matter on here are Wendell and Dominic, Sebastian and Chris, and that's pretty much it. And like, I, I guess theoretically, Morgan and Stephanie. Yeah, I mean, there's Chris versus Dominic, but that's not. Yeah, Chris versus Dominic. Oh yeah, and then those two pairs are at odds. So I, I guess my thought is maybe they're gonna end up on a tribe together. If not, I would probably call that. They're probably all making the merch. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to Malolo, our tribe that went to Tribal Council twice. Um, We start with this tribe's leader, Brendan. And I think Brendan, compared to Chris, is really interesting, because from what little we get of Navidi, Chris still seems really like the leader. Brendan gets a lot of, like, smart lines, but I don't feel like he keeps that leader role, especially when you have people like Michael and Stephanie taking on more authority. 
Yeah, I think Brendan was a very interesting figure. I think, like, preseason, we said, no matter what this guy gets, he's probably a winner contender. I think I kind of maintain that. Like, we got to see that he is the, like, he is the leader. He gets to talk, like, when they're all talking about, like, what J- when Jacob's running off by himself, scheming, everyone's looking at Brendan, and Brendan's like, yo, um, let's keep the kumbaya attitude and let's just boot him. Like, we can all search together if you want. Like, people seem to be looking at him. Yeah, that is definitely true. And, no, I can't count him out as a winner. It's just, it's perfectly okay content. Not the best I could have hoped for. Yeah, no, I'm personally, I'm, for the sake of, like, not being predictable, I'm happy this guy didn't get, like, like a ridiculously huge opening. Yeah. But, again, like, he got to, men- like, I feel like the edit did a lot to justify his decision-making, the way he talked, make sure that everything that happened that could potentially be deceiving him, we, we get to see that. It did not deceive him. Like, he gets to mention the vote split plan, and then he's like, oh, maybe, I think there's a possibility that Stephanie is flipping, or flipping with them. And then he's like, oh, I think there's a possibility that we are being set up. Like, oh, I think the idol's fake. Why didn't he? Like, all of them. Yeah. There's never a time in the episode where you think Brendan doesn't know exactly what's going on. Yes. I think I do have take some issue with his comment to Michael about the possible blind side that doesn't happen. I don't know if it's good to be wrong there. Yeah, it's hard for me to say if it's better to articulate that there's a possibility that you could be getting blindsided and not get blindsided, or, like, if Michael left that there, I would have probably been calling Brendan as our winner. Um, That's true. But the fact that he's wrong there, I don't really know what it means, because it's like it's, it's hard to say whether they, because they didn't have to include it. Like, they easily could have not not included that. Very true. I feel like it shows him as perceptive, because Stephanie, at least as the edit was showing us, was thinking about siding with Jacob. Yep. Uh, again, like, this guy reminds me of Tom. Like, yeah. Like, if he's going to win, he's getting the Tom. Just, like, maybe that tribe is the best tribe of all time, and just steamroll through it like they did in Palau. Yep, that's very much where he fits in. I feel like he could also just sort of get even more, I guess, get even less content and sort of peter out into, like, a mid-merge boot or something, but... That, they seem we'll to like see. him. Like, I, I feel like they're showing him a lot. Like, even though he did, he only got, I think, two confessionals in the entire two hours. But they were, like, they were pretty good confessionals, but then he got a ton of just sentences. Like, just, he was talking, being shown all the time. Like, it's hard to miss this guy. Yeah, that's true. And I, I, I just pulled up Tom's episode one, and Tom didn't really get much content in episode one. He just talked about, like, being... Like, building the shelter. So, I mean, I feel like when you have, like, one of these just alpha dominant dudes win the game, it's pretty easy to just show them positively and, yeah. like, justify their win later. And I would almost look into episode two on Tom because Palau has that weird, weird premiere where they're all on the same beach. True. And two people go home and then it's all whichever tribe loses a lot. I can't remember. Oolong because Jolanda goes home, so. Scanning through it now, it still seems like... So, episode two, he's talking only about survival and the sea snakes, um, and kind of, like, goofy things happening. He sees a shark. But then he talks about it being a game of survival and strategy. Um, yeah, he mostly just talks about the survival aspect, but then mentioned that it, there is a strategy aspect. So, it's like, I, I feel like, the, like, Brendan got kind of a similar thing where it's like, he calls that Jacob would not forget the thing because he's a fan like, Jacob seems to have, like, a, or sorry, Brendan seems to have, at, I would say, at, on par with the quantity. Only thing is Tom gets five confessionals talking about uh, the survival aspect. But it's all survival except for one line of, it's a game of survival as well as strategy. Interesting. So, yeah, I feel like that's, 
Like, I feel like Brendan could be the closest to a Tom or a Jeremy kind of winner that we've seen in a while. Yeah, those sound like the big two. I think I might be leading more Jeremy than Tom at the moment. Mm-hmm. But, yep. And Jeremy, okay, well, Jeremy only, in his first episode, only got two confessionals as well. Yeah. Like, so, like, they do tend to subdue these kind of, like, super alphas. <laughs> and next up is uh, Donathan, who surprised <laughs> me. He was a really fun character. Yeah, I I didn't like him. He wasn't as annoying. Like, I wish they wouldn't have subtitled as much, because I thought it was understandable. It seemed to sort of put him as this... <laughs> I guess as he would say, exotic, but questionable, but... Um, Do you think yeah, Jonathan he's a can big, win? I, I don't feel it right now. I don't either. Like, he got enough that theoretically he could, but... Yeah, the content is there, but it's not really... Even with his, his hero edit, I don't feel... Maybe his hero edit makes me feel that he just isn't our winner. It's so weird that he gets this sort of three getting on the balance beam moment in episode one. Let me put it out here. Put it out there. I never want to see anything like that ever again. Like, I really, I did not like the Sari one, and I'm the biggest Sari fan in the entire world. I don't want to see the Donathan one. It's like everyone, like, like seven people went under. Only James couldn't. Everyone went over the balance beam in uh, Game Changers, except for Sari. Like, it's, I don't care about that, this kind of storytelling. And I think from a winner's edit standpoint, this one was really poorly managed, where we very clearly got to see Donathan's hesitation before he went and tried. Yeah, like, he did so, not, like, like I, I don't even understand the winner, like, or, like, the, like, the hero part of this, because it's like, guy doesn't try and then gets celebrated for being forced into doing something. Yes, it's almost like there was no other choice, like, what were they going to do, just sit there and let the other team win anyway? Yeah, like, like honestly, I, and I feel like this completely, to me, rules out James as a winner, because, like, I feel like you could easily just portray it as James trying his hardest, no matter what, over and over again, as this lazy country guy doesn't do anything, like... <laughs> to me, like, that's, like, one of the more cut and dry, like, you could just completely change the way this is presented so easily. Hmm. I definitely have some thoughts on James. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to James later, but, uh... <laughs> but... Yeah, overall, like, Donathan, he... It's hard to say, like, he's... I think he's our growth edit, but at the same time, he looked kind of competent and capable in the second episode. Like, it, it was pretty fast growth. So, like, on purely edit terms, I think he could win. On thinking about it, I'm like, I don't see how this guy gets to the end and wins. I don't know how anyone lets him there. He's also way more in your face than a lot of these kind of social players tend to be. Like, a JT, like, is JT, like, he's he's not like JT in Token Sheens at all in this first episode. Like No. I feel like he's more of a Sandy, almost. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, I feel like he could go pretty soon. Oh, really? Like, I know... We're not sticking with these tribes, but he feels like someone they want to get the most out of before. That's possible. That is definitely possible. So, because, yeah, all of his stuff has happened so fast. He's gone into this diverse environment, and he's so happy about that. He's become this hero, and we love that, and he fended for himself on Ghost Island, so I don't know what more there is that we can be excited about for Donathan. That's true, like, what, like we already know, like, we already got to see him being super sad about leaving and not wanting the journey to end and all this stuff, it's just like, where does he go from here? Like, yeah. his next episode is going to clarify a lot of things, I think, like, now that he's not the decoy boot, what does that mean? Definitely. On to our two boots. Our two boots. The alphabet for this was actually pretty fortunate we had all our invisibles right yeah, at the and beginning boots, so. and, like people related to one another right by one another so yeah gonzalez and jacob i guess we start with gonzalez i will say i think if you're coming to this and you're like you've never looked at the edit before i think that 
first confessional we see with Gonzalez, I think it tipped a lot of people we were watching with that she might be the first boot. Yep, 100%. It's, it's very out of the blue. It doesn't really... It's not connected to anything. Up anything. doesn't say she's going to win. Just... It, once I saw that, I was like, oh, dang, Gonzalez might be going Yeah, here. especially considering I was tracking her as a potential first boot, just out of, like, her personality. When she got, like, two confessionals, just kind of sounding like the decoy boot, even before her name's brought up, it's just like, yeah. oh, no, like, she's gone. <laughs> to me, there was very little suspense in that first Tribal Council. Yep. Um, I really think her, her, she... her involvement in the entire story, I think, is non-existent. She just, she talked about, like, being from Puerto Rico. I'm glad she actually got to talk on, like, Katrina. Um, yeah. But I don't even think they gave her any heavy lifting for the story or anything, whereas I do think they did that with Jacob. No. They just sort of put it all out there. Like, she told Donathan to be quiet during the puzzle, and then Donathan came back and was like, Gonzalez told me to be quiet during the puzzle, not a team player, let's vote her out. Yeah. And then they voted her out. And I think that, yeah, I think that's important for Donathan is that he does get to call. Like, he, he is the one who calls a shot against Gonzalez, so that says something. Yep. Um, but yeah, like, they basically just used her. Like, they didn't even have her to say anything bad about Donathan or anything. It was just like, like I feel like they just liked her and, like, wanted to give her at least something on the way out. No. Nope. But, yeah. And she was explicitly like, I love Donathan. He has a good heart, but he's got to be the one who I target here. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'd love to see her maybe play again, like, in a First Boots. I think she could. Yeah, in a, fir- maybe. In a First Boots survivor. I feel like she's better than a lot of them. But... Yeah. She's better than average. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, better, okay, better than so average First Boots. We'll move on to Jacob. Who could have, who would have seemingly have been the first boot. Yeah. And I feel like his, his a... chances are much lower than Gonzalez's on a future season, I would say. <laughs> yeah. The whole episode sort of revolved around him. Yeah, our main character in the first episode, for sure. Yeah. And almost the second episode. Basically the second episode, too. Um, It's always interesting when much... they choose, like, in the first two hours, this guy is leaving. It's always curious to know why they give him so many, so much content. And generally, I think when they do that, that means something about what he's saying is right and that we should interpolate that for the rest of the season. Um, I, I do think there's a lot from the content he gave that can probably give us some clues as to might, what, what might be what happens in the future. What do you think some of that is? I, I'm trying to place something to Jacob that I could see other people like maybe learning from, but I, I don't know if I can see it. I think, one, the importance of not being kind of weird, not letting the, like, kind of, like, because I think a big... Th- theme of this season is going to be decision making and like what you choose to do with the things you are given um and i feel like the the show portrayed that what he was doing is wrong being like social relationships are more important than finding an idol um like all these things are like going to be compounding but in addition i think uh the fact that being a super fan is a positive i feel like like can be a positive is something massively to learn um the importance of game focused play or whatever when he's talking about morgan like that you can predict how people react if you like if you understand if they are thinking in the game in a strategic way that you can understand them and they're more reliable i feel like that's an important message to take away from jacob Hmm. yeah i agree with those things and i definitely see the decision i see decision making as the big theme and i know we'll probably get to that at the end when we discuss overarching things and stuff but just another thing is like at one point he gets to he says something like I don't want the pretty people to just take control of the game. And then later Laurel mentions that. Um, I do think there might be a theme similar to, like, the cool kids. Like, I, I do think there is poss- possibly this, like, 
nerd, uh, nerd versus pretty people idea kind of formulating. Yeah, I can agree with that because I remember Brendan saying no survivor nerd <laughs> would have forgotten the piece of paper. So yeah, I think that's where Jacob plays in. How do you feel about his winner edit? I don't know. <laughs> as so, as someone who picked Jacob on his preseason uh, draft, I'm I'm very disappointed in the uh, <laughs> Yeah, we had high hopes for him. We did. But I thought he could be the next David and actually partway through episode 1 I was still thinking that like, oh, this guy has this guy actually this guy could be like the David Wright and oh god, no. Okay, onward to people who could still win James. I would say first watch, I sort of didn't look at James a lot because he was very under the radar. He doesn't mean he did have that very well, like in terms of like charisma. Yeah, he did have that challenge focus, but there are definitely other people who looked better. On a rewatch, I, I realized that they sort of portrayed the challenge way better than they could have. I'm curious how you feel about that. Like, I feel like they could have just shown it as like, I'm a hard worker. I'm going to try even when people are lazy. And I, I feel like, honestly, if he's our winner, I feel like he gets a confessional condemning Donathan and being like, I can't believe this guy got all the credit when I was sitting here in the water trying my freaking best as he was just sitting there. Hmm. Granted, I mean, he didn't say that. As we saw, like, he was clearly very disappointed in himself. And we got a confessional yeah. earlier from him being, like, coming from, like, like coming from an exotic background, as Donathan would say. Um, my parents taught me to work hard and try my best no matter what. So he did say that. So, like, I mean, I guess that could be connected. He does say that after the challenge. Oh, that is after the challenge? Okay. Yeah. So that's his, like, confessional that he gives. And I think it's interesting how the personal content is tied in there. He does give a confessional in the first episode, though, and I almost missed it, but it's when Jacob is doing, like, going and looking for the idol. He talks about the importance of not sticking out. Yeah, so I guess that's sort of contradictory because he very much sticks out, but... Yeah, and he actually, he says something really kind of, like, he says, like, the importance of not, uh sticking out in the early stages of strategic play or something like it's, it's like a very kind of like academic term almost like it yeah <laughs> i don't know i'm i'm pretty high on james right now but maybe i'm just too into my own tinfoil hat conspiracy here but i mean i mean I further episodes are going win. to further episodes are for sure going to discern whether he's capable or not yeah, I mean, I do think, like, there is a world where he wins, and he just gives them, like, like, I feel like if he gave them anything that was, like, I worked my, I tried my best, and I can't believe, like, I feel like if he gave them something and he was the winner, they would have showed that instead. So I do think if he's the winner, and he earnestly believed that it was his fault and that he probably should be on the chopping block, they were going to be having a hard time editing him. Yeah. That's true. Overall, I don't think he's winning. I, I personally think he's uh, like a, probably not making the merge. Hmm. I don't know. There's a lot of, well, tribes are switching, but there was a lot of targeting of the men, and I feel they only put votes on James because of the challenge, but I don't know. I think one thing that's interesting about him is he does actually get kind of like a interesting um, camp life scene where they're eating those slugs, and it's like, it's a, a family delicacy. Like, don't worry, I... <laughs> oh, like, I thought that was kind of an interesting scene where it's, like, he's shown, like, making everybody happy with his, like, magic slugs. It's, like... <laughs> interesting. So I do think... I, I think there's a possibility. Like, he's not somebody I have eliminated. I've eliminated, like, ten people, so... <laughs> uh, moving on to someone I think is kind of similar because... I think this... So you told me beforehand that you have, a like, a... A theory that James and Jenna could be winner contenders, and both of them at first, I was, like... 
mm, I don't know if I buy that. James, I'm like, okay, whatever. He could win. Jenna, I think, is a strong contender to win, and you convinced me of that. So Yeah, so Jenna was never in the forefront. She was invisible until after Malolo lost the challenge. She gets that first confessional right away saying, Navidi has sent Jacob off to Ghost Island. We cannot vote out Jacob anymore, so we need to figure out someone else. And I think that's a very close paraphrase of what she says. It does sound pretty robotic, but... The thing for me I think is, like, that. Con- that I think that is almost a word-for-word quotation of what she said. And <laughs> how did that make television? Millions of people, for, like, 15 seconds got to hear Jenna just say nothing. Like, absolutely nothing, but, like, said the word strategic or something. Like, it was just like, I have no idea how that confessional makes air unless she's just giving you complete nothing all the time, like, constantly, and she's an important character down the line. Like, they clearly had no problem just giving you invisible if you weren't very relevant. And for some reason, Jenna gets two long confessionals in both episodes. Or one long confessional in both episodes. Yeah. And then she doesn't get too much until Tribal Council, where she gets a bunch of questions. Mm -hmm. Like, she talks about how Jacob doesn't care about the mistakes he's making socially. Um, I think it's interesting. In the first Tribal Council, she gets a confessional saying, or Jeff asks her if alliances are forming, and she says, not really, but there's a lot of strategizing in big group. Um, And then in the second TC, she starts talking and saying, oh yeah, smaller groups have formed. (laughs) And a nice little story. You see that now she's friends with Stephanie. (laughs) Yeah. And so there's progression there, and I think that's really interesting. Yeah, and like this is something where it's like, this girl could be ignored very easily, and they have no problem ignoring people. And I feel like a question that when you're trying to figure out what the winner at it is, you should always be asking is, like, what does this, like, how do you show this person if somehow they win? This girl, mm-hmm. I think, is a casting dud. Like, I really think she is not charismatic and kind of boring <laughs> and probably shouldn't be on the show, and I called that preseason, I'm calling that now. Yet she got more content than, like, 10 people it's like she got so many tribal questions she got two confessional she got to talk on the beach like she wasn't even relevant really to either boot like she was i guess kind of relevant to the jacob one but like if this girl wins and she gives you nothing you're gonna connect her to stephanie and hope maybe one day she gives you some good confessionals or something yeah um i think the two biggest things i had against her um when she's talking to stephanie about the jacob boot she just like bluntly says jacob is annoying Mm -hmm. and like, oh, you're hearkening back to your namesake there, Jenna. But I think with Jacob going, that's not the worst yeah, for her. Jenna could somehow be getting almost a Jenna Moraska. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other thing is her attachment to Stephanie. Mm-hmm. And Stephanie was such a big character. It's very easy that she could just be Stephanie's lackey. But Yeah, I think what we should be on the watch for is could Jenna be Stephanie, Stephanie as Jeremy and Sanwan Del Sur to jenna's natalie anderson like it could this be a passing the torch edit when stephanie gets blindsided yes especially if we're under the impression that jenna is not giving good content where stephanie is absolutely giving great content exactly like i could absolutely see them just giving like it's called passing the torch right it's when a big player gets cut and we saw this in australian survivor we saw this we see this all the time. It's like this big player gets cut who's giving great content and passes on, kind of like gives the edit to this smaller character. In many ways, yeah. that actually happened to Michelle Fitzgerald with Anna, too. And um, another one that's smaller is Ashley Trainer to Natalie White mm-hmm. in Samoa. Because Ashley got a lot of content until Russell Cutter. 
but then that's when Natalie's edit started picking up, so... Yeah, that's the thing. Like, personally, I think there's a really good chance that that is the case, and Stephanie is going to leave fairly early and be kind of our, like, surprise boot. Um, and if that's the case and Jenna picks up right at that time, Pencil Heron is absolutely a good winner contender. Yes. I have her as my number two. I think it's just there's a lot of strangeness going on, and all the pieces seem to fit for Jenna right now. She's my number and five, I'd, for reference. I'd rather be right with Jenna than, like... Yeah, she's a good, like... It. Like, because part of it is like picking somebody like like when like like when I picked Michelle fairly early, I felt like I was really like really cool because it's like this I'm <laughs> the quiet girl and I hope I'm right. Same with like I know like, it's more fun when you pick like the weird one who's like if if this person wins, the internet's gonna be shocked and I'm gonna be, yeah. I'm gonna be able to stake my claim. Yeah, I know we said we're definitely not doing it for like cool points no, no, or no, anything, no. but it's just like it's just like you want to be like right. It's more fun in a weird making hot takes than like. Wow, I think Wendell is gonna win. Like, like it, <laughs> yeah. it, it's boring when you go on to our like r slash edgic and everyone's like, yeah, Wendell's the winner. Mm-hmm. I agree. Okay. Speaking of a really weird choice to uh, be a winner pick, uh, Libby is not winning this game. I believe you skipped Laurel. Oh my goodness. But we can talk about Libby. Yeah, sure. Let's talk about Libby first. <laughs> okay, we talked about yep, Libby. That's, that that's good. Uh, uh, she looks way more like Elizabeth Fularski than I anticipated. So much like. I, I can 100% get why you would idolize uh, Elizabeth Fularski if uh, you're the literally <laughs> Elizabeth Fularski. Yeah. Um, but if we did not talk sugar about Angela Bradley Chelsea, this is essentially the same person, but on the tribe that went to TC twice. Yeah. <laughs> she got we, she to speak at tribal council, I think, once. That's true. But I think we yeah, don't she said know. a sentence, I think, at, tri- at, not tri- like at camp, but like nothing valuable. And I feel like you could easily just assume this was Jenna like yeah got a lot of reaction shots <laughs> i think she just has a good reaction face it, she's pretty like she, like, she mm-hmm. is gonna be cut to sometimes so yeah whatever she's not winning unless she's against like unless she's our natalie white i guess but i don't get no, that she's like not. we even we got stuff from natalie white we didn't get anything from Livy. yeah like total no chance like i think even less than angela bradley and chelsea yeah because she went to trouble twice and seemed to be actually an important member Definitely. So next is Laurel, or I guess previous is Laurel. <laughs> I have no idea what to make of her, her edit, anything. When we were, we were talking after we both rewatched it, it seemed like you had felt better about Laurel after rewatching. Yeah, I agree. Like, So I watched it, and I actually, I was under the impression the first upon first watch that she did not get a confessional in either episode. But she actually got a pretty good confessional. I don't know why I forgot it, or if I... It's, yeah... It's a really good confessional. It's really good. She talks about, like, whether it's important, like, whether she should flip and how she can't just let the powerful and beautiful run this game. And, like, thinking about whether now is the right time. And, like, for a character who didn't get any other confessional, we know who she's aligned with. We know kind of who she is. We know she's a game bot. We know she thinks about the game in a really gamey way. Uh, And that she's a nerd. And that she's different. And And she's in, like, the nerdy group. So I could see her being a big character. I do think this is the kind of person who, especially if they knew this was going to be two episodes, could be that sneaky winner who doesn't get a confessional in the first episode. I feel like one day we are going to get that again. I feel like Laurel is yeah. in that position where that is totally on the table because she got a lot of just tribe scenes in episode one that you would remember her. Yeah, because she, like, Donathan had, like, three, or is either one long confessional or, like, three back-to-back where it was just, like, talking to Laurel, then a Donathan mm-hmm. confessional. They go back and talk to Laurel, and then another confessional. So she was definitely there. And then she talks to Stephanie, and then she talks to Jacob, and then... 
It's like, this girl's the honest yeah. show a bunch. She just isn't giving a confessional. But then she gets one really good confessional right before Tribal. Or two before Tribal. But I think one of my biggest questions is, why not give her the confessional that Desiree got at the very beginning? Where if she's the winner and Brendan picks her for the puzzle, she could be like, yeah, I'm good at the puzzle, but I'm also a Division One athlete. And I mean, I guess I the answer is show. maybe she didn't say it. Uh, that's like, true. That's a possibility, but I agree. Like, I feel like this girl would be a huge online winner, contender. Like, people would be really a lot of buzz with her if she got one line being like, I'm a triple threat. I, I'm really good at this game, blah, yeah. blah, blah, anything like that. If she got anything like that in the first episode, I feel like a lot of people would be like, whoa, she was shown way more than she probably should have been, had any right to be. Uh, but she, like, this is one thing I have a problem with in this season. It's like, Laurel would be a totally justifiable winner contender, like, top tier. People would be fiercely debating online. If you give her just one of these kind of like, this is who I am outside the game confessional. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the episode is that way where you've, with the same tribe going to tribal council and... The tribe switching after this. If you give everyone one confessional, it's hard to eliminate anyone. Yeah, and I think we saw that big time on Heroes Healers Hustlers is where it was really hard to track who was going to win that game because it was like there are so many people are getting so many different confessionals. It was very balanced editing. I personally don't like the season yeah. very much, but in terms of that, in terms of that, it's good, right? Like it's it's good that you can't. There's yeah, no clear absolutely. obvious winner until Ben gets his. Apparently, for a lot of people, Ben gets his a uh, huge. PTSD thing. Um, for most of that season, it was like so many people were valid contenders, and I feel like that's a big reason it was hard to say. Same with Millennials for Gen X. Most people were given a decent amount. Yeah, and with this, it's just it's just really hard to see Angela, Bradley, Chelsea, Libby. Like they're not gonna win. <laughs> it sucks that literally within two hours we can be like eight people aren't winning. So like yeah. Um, but yeah, Laurel is. I think honestly, if I was like. If I was wanting to be kind of bold, I would cut. I would say she is not winning. Uh, but a more safe pick would be, like, she's the last viable contender. Um, I think I would have other people below her, actually. Is still a potential. Maybe James. Like, maybe I would put Laurel above James. I'm thinking, like, Morgan. Oh, yeah, maybe above Morgan, too. Yeah, like, okay, she's, like, and Desiree. in this bottom tier, but, like, maybe could potentially. I eliminate yeah. Desiree, but. Yeah, but, yeah, that's about where Laurel is. Yeah, and the, like, should I cut her or should I not kind of, like, meh. I don't know. I'm never really into, like, should I cut them or not. It's just always a constant consideration. For so. me, I like to cut people as early as possible just because, for me, it makes it fun and being able to be like, I cut this person on episode two. And I <laughs> for me, for me, it just adds, a, like, a level of fun for every week to be like, who should I cut? Okay, we'll move on to Michael, our... 18, but actually 23, but actually 18-year-old. Um, I had Michael as a winner contender at first. Me too. He had at least strong episodes. He wasn't shown as negative or getting found out about his lying about his age. Um, but then there were some things that definitely detracted me away from him. Um, we've talked about with Brendan, but in the second episode, there's that point where Brendan whispers to him about the split vote, and he seems oblivious to that. And then in the first episode, he's going into tribal saying, I'm going to vote Donathan to keep the tribe physically strong. Mm -hmm. And then not only does Gonzalez go home, he voted for Gonzalez. So we didn't get to see him come to the see the light and then flip his vote. That's true. So it's weird that he is he's shown contradicting himself so soon. Yeah, and I think another interesting thing is Jacob describes him as a tribe strong guy, like somebody who is purely thinking about the 
strength uh, on a tribe. And he says a confessional talking about that as well. He talks about it's the smartest thing to do is to vote based on strength. However, Brendan, who is his number one ally at tribal council, in like a moment with like happy music and like, like kind of like an empowering moment, mentions that um, keeping the tribe strong was important 10 seasons ago, 10 years ago, but not now. The game's evolved past that. It's like this guy's defining philosophy that we've been shown on the show gets shit on by the guy that we're spo- who's been correct on everything and is his number one ally. Yeah, I mean, I actually liked Michael a lot, but looking back at it, it's just not... The second watch was much worse for him. He was actually my number two candidate um, leaving on first watch, and he's still a winner contender for me because I think what we're talking about with Jenna is a possibility. I do think he could be the one who gets the torch. I feel like for a guy, he is one of the best candidates for getting the torch passed to him from Brendan. Like, really, really good in that sense, but a little uh, little too negative, I think. I think on a alternate path, he's not, like, any more contradictory than maybe, like, Ben was. I agree. Where we saw Ben be told he's overpowering and Your steamroll. No, no, yeah, no you're steam- and he still won. So Michael's definitely not that bad. Yeah, he's on the table, just- and it's just like I feel like we'll see more in the f- like he's gonna be on this TV show a lot either way. He's probably making it really far. Um, I could see him basically in any position that is after the merge, um, including winner. Um, and I think it's really good that he did. Like no one suspected that he was 18. He got to explain why he was doing it. Um. Yeah. He got a good amount of content. He, he fell in that first challenge, and then his, like, confessional was initially about... It's the same confessional where he explains why he's lying, but initially he said it was really humbling to just, like, right out the gate struggle. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of pluses, but I think two very big negatives that are interesting to look yeah, at. Yeah, I think so. his most likely winner story is that one where Brendan passes the torch, and then we see him be more of a power player. Like, I, I really do think that is more, like the most likely if this guy is going to win. I'm trying to think of other things, like, he's the definition of the pretty people, if we're, like, knocking them down as, like, a potential thing, if they're trying to tell us that the pretty people are the bad guys. He is, he could easily take a villainous turn, I think. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't have much more to say on that. Yeah, I really don't either. Like, I I think he's a good character. He's a little bit, little bit uncharismatic, but... Yeah. He's fun, whatever. Uh, Speaking of fun... Stephanie is the best. Yes. Stephanie, I'm very glad she won the Battle of the Stephanies. Oh, yeah. Uh, whereas Gonzalez is sort of this awkward, still okay force. Stephanie is just the kind of the full package. Um, great content. Stephanie might be my favorite on this season. Um, I wish she was my winner pick. Like, I, like, this is the character that every season people fall for, I think. This is the, season, the character that every year I fall for because it's like, this character is fun, they're strategic, they, like, know the game, they're willing to make big moves, they're willing to consider all options. Absolutely. Like, I loved how it was really nicely laid out, like, I'm going to go talk to Jacob, and then you obviously see her playing really strongly, and getting Jacob to basically fall apart in front of her, and then taking that back and using it well. But, I agree. She feels like the alley yep. of the season. Like, I feel like and... if I'm going to call the winner pick that everyone is going to have and then be shocked and heartbroken and be like, 
I'm never watching again. I can't believe that they built up <laughs> Stephanie so much. Like Stephanie for second chances. Yeah, no, like Stephanie's coming back. I would say like I, I I'm penciling this in now. Stephanie's a returner. Um, <laughs> yeah. Stephanie's coming back. Stephanie's well loved by production and is not winning this game. Yes. There's a chance. I have she her. Does. I have her still as a winner pick because I mean she didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. It just feels not right. I have no idea why we didn't get any personal. Like, if she won, she would have got, like, the same but slightly different content. Like, she get like, One thing I do think is awesome that is she gets to, like, maybe she is the winner and they use Jacob as a way to, like, emphasize just how smart she is. Um, they hype him up as knowing everything about the game, everything that's ever happened, multiple times from multiple perspectives. And then Stephanie gets to say she's an even bigger fan. Yeah, there is that, but what we know about Stephanie, like, presumably there was introductions, and I don't think Stephanie is the type to at least not tell too far from the truth. Mm -hmm. So I feel like she could have got, like, a Wendell spot where she gets a lot of personal content and then she ties it into the game. She's a mom! Like, you don't know that from yeah. the show. Like, you don't know that from this episode. Nope. Like, you don't know who she is at all. And, like, I was calling preseason this girl. I, th- I was very low on Stephanie. I thought she was a weirdo. And because she's, like, she has Debbie Wanner upside, right? Like, like very weird. Mm. She has, like, five de- jobs and they're all kooky. So maybe it's good that we didn't get personal content. Like, that's my one hope is it's, like, what does Debbie look like if she wins? Maybe it's they just don't mm-hmm. say anything. Like, and of course, you don't necessarily need personal content in that first episode. It's almost nicer to be introduced to this character through the game and then I agree. Like, just have it come out naturally. To me, she's like life. number five winner contender, maybe number six. Um, That's where I have yeah, her. Like, it's like, right? there's, she's the one that I want to be a winner contender, but full disclosure, I don't really think is going to win. Um, I think she will probably get a lot of buzz online. It seems to be not, though, because of... I don't know. Like, I hope I hope she wins. I hope she... Like, that would be the best case scenario. It's like, we're wrong. And they decided a really girl can stand on just her game alone. <laughs> That's a really good line. I like that. But, oh, I really want her to win, but no, I don't. I don't know if she can with what we've seen. This is the thing. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep her on my winner contender list. I, th- I think I probably should get rid of her. I think it's similar with Michael. It's like, this is the person who looks like a winner who is not the winner. <laughs> so yeah, that's it for Navidi. A few more Malolo, relations. Actually. Malolo, actually. It was it for Navidi a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Malolo has actually a lot of relationships. If not outright said, they're at least implied. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of, of course, Stephanie and Jenna are together. Um, I felt like we saw Brendan, Libby, and Michael yep. as a group. Um, James and Laurel are together. Um, they show Donathan and Laurel. Donathan, Laurel, James, I would say, are together. Yeah. Um, with the swap, it's just going to be what actually sticks together, what is important to people. Yeah, like, I feel like things looking out from here, I think, are Brendan. Like, the biggest one, I think, is Brendan and Michael. Like, their story seems so intertwined. Yeah. Um, and Donathan and Laurel, maybe, or James. Like, to me, I'm I'm betting he's swapping with one of those. Mm-hmm. I don't, on the flip side, I don't think Stephanie and Jenna have to flip together or swap together. No, I don't think so. I think Jenna might be the one who does swap apart from her and then is like, oh, I don't have Stephanie. And either it's just going to be that, I don't have Stephanie, or I need to play my own game now. And then... Yeah, like, I think... The best thing, like, next episode is going to be so important for so many things. The swap episode is just inherently an important episode for the winner. But in addition to that, if they swap separately, 
that's so good for Jenna, I think. Um, especially if she gets a confessional, like, okay, now I have to play my own game. I was planning on following Stephanie, but because then I think they're both they're both making the merge, and then they're going to get back together. I feel like possibly, or it's just a way to sort of get Jenna in that first episode, mm-hmm. and then that's also true. That's- um, yeah, overall, like. I, I do think generally when you're talking in sort of edit, I feel like one tribe is complex and the other, like it's one tribe is the complex tribe. And despite going to travel twice, I actually think that it, it, I would lean it being Navidi. Yeah, it's really weird to say because there's so much in Navidi that didn't get content, mm-hmm. but it feels like they were just more developed strategically. Yeah, like they have like, like long-term stories, whereas like despite going to tribal twice, like... They just picked off the bottom person and... Yeah. In reality, it was, like, a majority vote both times. Like, the James votes were, well, it was obviously a majority vote, but a yeah. unanimous vote is what I meant. A unanimous vote, yeah, James got votes, but those were completely planned, mm-hmm. and I think even James understood that to some point, so. James probably asked for them, like. Yeah. Yeah, and so, like, that's the thing, is, like, I would be more thinking that Navidi is the complex tribe, and that the winner is more like, therefore more likely to come from there. I don't think it's a hundred percent because again they were kind of just like over the top kind of where it's just chris versus dominic yeah with glimpses of other people mm-hmm. so so what stories are forming i guess is where we want to go next uh i think it's definitely decisions yeah absolutely like I think making good decisions, which that's just going to be what the season's about because it's ghost island and it's about how advantages didn't work out for people but it feels like it's actually going to matter I agree. Um, I think, like, the importance of a decision, timing, I think timing is a huge theme that they've sort of uh, built up. Um, Mm -hmm. Just, like, the idea that you have to make the right choice at the right time, and if you don't at the exact right time, things can go wrong. Laurel brings this up. Kellen brings this up. Um, Jacob brings this up. The importance of choosing the right way. All of this is really, really hammered into you. Um, I think in addition to that, relevant to the idea of decisions in the game being important, I also think the ghosts of your past impacting your future is a huge part of the season, both thematically and also Kellen gets a wonderful confession, confessional talking about her past and how she decided to choose her passions over everything else. Wendell gets yeah. that. Um, all kinds of people get that, right? Like, all kinds of people get the idea of, like, if you're stuck in a bad situation, throw everything away and dive boldly into the future. And I feel like Donathan gets that big time, like, our big yeah. characters who were also penciling in as the most likely winners get that content in this season. Yep. I think that's probably the biggest thing right now. Um, and other than that, I just said pretty people versus nerds, super fan, being, a, being yep. a nerd, being the advantages of that, the importance of thinking strategically. And also, I think a big thing is the differences in what the word strength means. Um, I feel like that's been mentioned a bunch of times. Stephanie talks about the importance of emotional strength and how that's crucial and how... Uh, Donathan could be useful for sticking into small things or whatever. Like, like, like. There's a lot <laughs> yeah. of like the word strength was brought up a bunch and very rarely in the physical context. And if it was in the physical context, kind of thrown shade at. Yeah, I was trying to think if there's any instances of that maybe on Navidi, but I don't know if we see that there. True. That that does seem like more of a Malolo tribe thing. Like even when uh Brendan met, is talking about James, he describes him as all muscles. But really, yeah. what, or but still useless, or something like that. Like, like, like. There's mm-hmm. a lot of shade on the idea of like a big muscular person, and how that doesn't seem to be important. So I imagine if we start in the merge, see somebody go on like a absurd winning, like a mu- individual immunity streak or something, I would say that they are not going to get respect at the end of this game 
because I feel like that's something that the Survivor editors try to portray early on. For example, the importance of keeping secrets last season. Um, yeah. Once Ben revealed that, like, once Jeff gave that, like, thing where he's like, and the one thing that was kept secret uh, is the one thing that saved the day. That's when you knew Ben was winning, because it was like, all season, they used Cole as a proxy to show why keeping secrets is good. This season's going to have that. I'm not 100% sure where it's what that line is yet mm-hmm. those are really the only stories i see so far other than like christopher's dom and also the florida there's... the importance of where you come from yeah but i think we've only seen that really from chris and sebastian but also Don- i guess Don- donathan and uh oh, donathan Laurel, um james like james maybe like yeah. there's like that, that kind of brewing story of like people from the same place can get work together or you want also, like the difference in like philosophy of who you want to be surround yourself with almost yeah the other thing is where malolo's best tribe designation will go if it's meant to be the truth True. or if we'll leave it behind with jacob or if jacob going means it's all downhill from here yeah, like that's a very good question and like maybe almost like we could chart that maybe the original tribes are going to get back together at the merch. Hmm. Or at least Malolo will try or something. I don't know. So, yeah, those are really those stories I see forming. Um, it's like decisions, all this stuff. It's I, I feel like, but we haven't figured out what they view as the correct answer yet. We don't have yeah. what's the winner of the story. Yep, and I think that's totally fine. Yeah, no. Like, it is just the first if two it's episodes. Super we... the first two episodes, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, we'll move on to our winner contenders. I think we've most of, mostly listed out all of them, but we'll go ahead and list it out in order just so it's clear. Uh, do you want to go first or shall you I? You should go first because I'm pulling my, my actual list I wrote. Okay. Um, I have five contenders. I also have five contenders. But I keep on my chart. Uh, we're both doing edgic charts and we will release them to our listeners somehow. Probably in the show notes. Yeah. Um, so fifth is Chris. I feel... It wasn't bad for what we knew of Chris, and I'm excited to see where he goes from here. Fourth, actually, is Steph. I know I said fifth, but I feel like very similar to Chris, where it's not wrong. It just feels strange, and I could totally see her getting the alley. But I had alley last season, too, and I dropped it quicker than most, but she was there. Third, I had James, and after talking about it, I would probably put James lower. I just got really caught on that idea that he could be like a Chris Darty where he does really bad, but it's not shown as bad as it could, and he recovers from it, and he got good personal content. He did good. Uh, second is, yeah, second is Jenna. Uh, we talked about, on my chart, which I don't know if we'll ever get into Edric, but her edit doesn't look that great on a chart perspective, but there was a lot of nuance in it, and I just think the things we talked about make a lot of sense for how Jenna could win this game. And then first, of course, is Wendell just... To the surprise of it no just one. Make, it just makes the most sense coming out of this. Who could win? You know, absolutely. He's someone who got good personal content, a bit of strategic content, but not too much. And that makes total sense because it was Navidi and they didn't go to tribal council and we'll be done. So Yeah, like leaving this episode, I literally put Wendell with more, like over 50% of the win share, if that makes sense. Like, like. I feel yeah. like it's Wendell with 50% win equity and then everybody else struggling for the remaining 50. Like, all 19 other people. And, like, that's pretty big. Yeah. Um, my winner contender list is five. I put Dominic um, because I do think there is the possibility that I'm wrong. Uh, and that's mostly where I put number five. Is, like, that one who's <laughs> like, mm, I don't really think so, but 
everyone seem everyone else seems to see it. Um, number four, I put Jenna. Um, again, what you said, I feel like this girl is uncharismatic and is therefore you have to consider the possibility that a really boring person wins. Um, <laughs> three is Michael. Um, I think despite everything, I still think he has the possibility to take the torch. And I think the interesting thing is Jenna and Michael are both on here as people who have enough groundwork that they could pick up a torch. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's something almost everyone missed Natalie Anderson early on. Um, I feel like I think I learned because I didn't that the biggest player doesn't necessarily win. Um, Number two, I put Kellen just a weird premiere for her like i don't think she needed like if she's just a big character i don't think she needed the introduction she got um this is the kind of character who it's like in an episode where a lot of people didn't get that important like i'm different than i seem confessional she did um and that's the thing is like the fact that she got the content that a lot of people who could just break out as big characters but not winners just got ignored she didn't um she was the first confessional like i feel like there's a lot of things where she's just atypical to other players in this game and that usually means something. And then Wendell, again, is number one. Because it's just like, this guy is just... I think he, I think he's the winner. Yeah, and that lines up with what a lot of people are saying. Like, everyone's just like, Wendell... Wendell just looks really good in an episode where people looked weird. Exactly. Like, like in, in a world where everything's, like, in a hurricane, though, like, the stable, normal-looking house is the most likely to stay up, you know? It's a terrible metaphor, but... Uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah, because yeah, that's the I thing. Like, like no one else really looks like a winner. It's like it could. I guess my hope is that it isn't that simple, but I think it could be easy. Okay, so um, as for other predictions, yeah, so we talked a lot about it. I think the one thing we maybe didn't discuss is like who's likely to go who's next. Who's likely to go next, and who's not going to make the merge? Maybe just like pick three yeah. people who aren't making the merge, and then who you who we think is going to leave. Who this. is making the merge? I didn't. I didn't think about this one. So if you want to go ahead first. Okay. So who's not making the merge? Or I'll go with who's, who's not making the merge. Um, okay. Chelsea is not making the merge. Um, yeah, I just don't know enough. I feel like she could be a Simone. I'd say James is I not making her. the merge. I will say Libby is not making the merge. Mm. I think Libby is our Alexis Maxwell who will be ignored. Oh, <laughs> ignored, booted on the swap tribe. Yeah. Um, let's go bold. Let's say Stephanie is, for some reason, not making the merge. No, don't say that. I think it's super possible. Don't say that. Well, if they say it, then it won't true, come true, true. true. I think Angela is probably not making the merge. Yeah, actually, that's a great pick because she's going to have, like, a... Like, I think she's easily going to have one of those just, like, over-the-top negative, negative five, like... Yeah, she feels very much like a Simone, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, and the third one... I, I'll go bold again. I'll say Donathan. I just think Donathan and Stephanie are characters who are really getting played up, and I don't feel like they have a lot of longevity, so... So for who's getting booted yeah. next, I'm, I'm going to say Angela, because I think that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. I think Angela is a really good choice. <laughs> um, I don't know exactly, like, where in swap dynamic, unless they really want to, like... Well, they set up that she can't swim, and I feel like that's going to... Like, the fact that we got that in episode two, I think we got a similar thing with Simone in episode... Uh, like, in the first episode of Helios Helios Hustlers, I, I think she's prime for just a crazy Simone negativity, you know? Yeah. But yeah, that's that's our show. Yep. Uh, we'll do some closing things, because in addition to all our Survivor content, we're making moves on the podcast front as we delve deeper into this project. Uh, we have a website, uh, the winners edit, all one word, dot wordpress.com. Don't know if we're going to splurge for a plain domain name yet, but... 
were there. Um, there's a contact form there if you want to say something, remark on any of our opinions. Um, we'd love to hear it. Otherwise, you can email us directly at thewinneredit at gmail.com. No we did not get that S. No S. So we'll have to deal with that. Um, we are on iTunes. I did check this today, and if you search the winners edit, we are, like, the first thing that pops up. So, uh, I've heard that if you're doing a podcast, one of the most important things is that you leave a review. So, if you don't mind, that'd be great. Um, do we have a day when we're gonna release episodes? Probably Saturdays. Yeah. Yeah. We're... Maybe Sundays. Busy in different ways, but we'll try. I think Fridays works pretty well to record that's when we're doing it today um yeah so saturdays or sundays that gives you something on the weekends to look forward to and i think that's yeah, it if you want you can follow me on twitter at danny kills bees uh i usually don't live tweet survivor but i tweet afterwards um yeah, yeah. uh i don't really use twitter so i mean i i'm on twitter and i look at people's tweets but i don't say anything myself so i don't know if i'm worth following <laughs> uh i think that's Sweet. it Oh, I guess you can follow me on Reddit, where I don't also comment, but I will be posting episodes. Oh, I, and I I'll try to comment. If you, if you ever want to call me out on anything, uh, I, I make cool <laughs> takes all the time on Reddit. Um, I'm at I'm Hiplop on everything, uh, like slash Hiplop, um, H I P L O P. H I P L O P on Reddit. I am Kitty Master Nine Thousand. Real professional, just I didn't learn when they're in that class where they're like, make sure you're professional in all aspects. Like, no, thank you. I think that's it. Um, I'm excited for whatever next episode brings. Oh, I guess we didn't talk about whether we thought it was going to be a swap into three or a swap into two. Swap into three. I hope it's a swap I into think, two. I think it's a swap oh, into I two. I love big tribes. love big <laughs> tribes. I love little tribes. I feel like we just disagree at the yeah, end yeah. and then... We're done, so... Do you think this is going to be a good that's season? Fourteen weeks from now, is this a top ten season? I no. say no as well. Top 20. If the editing gets better, it could be good, but... I'm really... I'm kind of disappointed right now, and I want it to get better, I, so... Hopefully next like next episode it matters so much. It, it's so important. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's all. Uh, peace out. Yep. Bye. Okay, I've stopped recording on all things.